Hey team, Mick Hawes with another Builders Problem Solved. Even though it doesn't say that on the screen behind me like it normally does, I'm going to use that as a, uh, a bit of a visual aid. Hopefully it'll still make sense to the people just listening to the audio uh, if they just got the audio podcast. Uh, but if you want to see what's going on visually, uh, jump into Builders in a Circle and uh, check it out. Just loading up my McJigger thing on the iPad so I can see who, if anyone is making comments, Wayne O is here evening, or Hugh is also here, or is affectionately known by Wayne O, Hugh Bags. I'm not sure how that started or what it means, but it's the reality of the situation. Simone is also here. Just reading a couple of your posts on uh, the BBB members. Looks like you're kicking butt as per usual, Simone. So the focus of tonight is it's a little bit different to the standard builder's problem solve where I ask a bunch of questions. This one is, I guess, like a bit of a training session. Hopefully it, uh, it makes sense when you connect it to last week. So last week's was fundamentally the choreography of what you need to do uh, or the, the, the sequence of events when you get a new lead into your business to put them through a qualification process. And the whole idea of a qualification process, first and foremost, probably isn't what most people think. When most people talk about a qualification process, it's about getting rid of time wasters, tyre kickers, um, uh, bargain hunters, those sorts of people. And to be completely transparent, when Builders Business Black Belt, we first introduced our uh, initial version, I guess, of, of the qualification process. It was fundamentally focused on that. And it's great even if it does that, because it saves you time, it saves you money, it saves you frustration, you dodge bullets. Everyone has had at least one nightmare client, although Ben, Ben's not watching at the moment. Ben told me the other day he hasn't had one um, yet. And, you know, he's he's now on, on the inside in Builders Business Black Belt, and hopefully he never will. Like if he follows the bouncing ball and, and implements the qualification processes we talk about, he won't. Um, but uh, that that's a rarity, somebody who hasn't had a nightmare client. If you've been in building for f more than five minutes, generally you would have experienced that. So hopefully you'll understand the need, the necessity for a uh, – a qualification process. Um, my little magic iPad tells me that some people are watching, but it tells me that more people, uh, it just got a little thing saying there's a number of people watching. I'm not sure exactly who's watching unless you make a comment. So please say good evening. And uh, if you've got any questions as I go through this, just put them in the comment section uh, in Facebook and I'll see if I can cover them. If I go over something too fast and you want a bit more clarification, say, whoa, you know, can you go back and explain that? Um, and if, if I bring up any, any more questions or confusion, just let me know and I'll see if I can clear it up. So last week was the steps up unto, or until booking the initial meeting. So the qualification process really goes uh, initial contact, uh, gather basic information and offer 
to send out a questionnaire. The purpose of the questionnaire is to gather some information, but really the primary purpose of asking if they would mind filling out a questionnaire to get us started is to really find out whether they are willing to do it. It's a tiny little behavioural hurdle. And by setting a deadline, can you get back to that back to me within an hour or by five this afternoon or by 10 tomorrow morning, it doesn't matter what the deadline is. You're just giving them a little behavioural hurdle to see if they'll jump over and do what they say they were going to do. It's not a deal breaker, but it is an indicator as to whether they're going to be reliable or unreliable. It's just the first little indicator. Then we have a triage conversation is to figure out where they are in the process. Um, and and whether you are getting a good feeling about them and whether you want to go to the next step, which isn't letting them into your business. It is investing an hour or, or two uh, potentially with them face-to-face. So that is the investment that you are juggling through, through the triage conversation. That's the decision you need to make. Do I get a good feeling from these people and are they answering the questions the right way for me to put an hour or so aside to meet with them? And and so to make this effective, you need to start to get in touch with what an hour of your time tapping into your experience and your intellectual property is worth. And I can tell you it's not $65 an hour or whatever you might charge or or whatever the going rate is for when you've got your nail belt on banging in nails. That's not the hourly rate. Tapping into your intellectual property, your experience and your time is worth significantly more than that. So you've got to put that sort of a price tag on your time and that is what you are going to invest in this next step, which is the initial meeting. So in this episode, I'm going to uh, get into as much detail as time allows in relation to the choreography of the initial meeting. And I use those words very carefully and specifically because the, the, the most effective part of the qualification process and the most important part of the qualification process is this initial meeting. And so it is choreographed to ask certain questions, present, present certain information and follow certain processes in a specific order, a tried and tested and proven order to get the best result. Now, don't think that you can just watch this and go do it um, because I believe it takes a little bit of skill and it takes a little bit of practice. So you don't have to be gifted. You don't have to have the gift of the gab to make this effective. Um, you you need to be prepared to put in effort, put in time, put in practice to get good at this. It's a little bit like golf. You can read all of the books and watch all the videos you like, but it's not until you get out onto the fairway and start hitting a few, perhaps on the practice fairway, um, that you can start to put it into practice and get better and better and better at it. Thomas is here also. Welcome, Thomas. Um, so the choreography is really important. I'm just going to go through the parts of the choreography as best I can in this session uh, and explain a bit of the psychology and the purpose behind each. So um, we're at the initial meeting. 
If you want to know how to set up the initial meeting and, and what the criteria is for setting up an initial meeting, go back to last week's episode, scroll down in Builders in a Circle, go to last week's episode and you'll see um, the, the lead up to this initial meeting. But the first thing we start off with after we've kind of met and said, hey, uh, and, and got a little bit of rapport going, Claire has also joined us, hey, um, we, we start with a story. And the reason for the story is it creates a framework for some future things in this meeting that we're going to talk about. Um, Hugh says, most of us aren't great at this when we start, but give it a few tries and you'll smash it all of the time. Absolutely. Um, in, in Black Belt, we do skill sessions on a regular basis. And so we teach this in great detail. And then like tomorrow morning, we've got one. We had one last week and we pull apart things like the qualification process and we break it down into the skills like the triage conversations or the introduction to the initial meeting. And we do role playing to get good and comfortable and really understand the purpose and the principles in this stuff. That's when it starts to be valuable. So this first part is we start to tell our story. And um, there are basically four parts to the story. The first part is uh, the, the dream. And you can create your own story, but you can just use this story because it, I, I think it fits most people's experience. And the story goes like this. You know, when we first wanted to, to start our business, we had a dream and the what we wanted or what we 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 hope we were going to be able to achieve was a fantastic experience for our customers so we could have great relationships and our customers would love us okay short version of the dream um the next you can go to and i'm using the visual aid behind me so again the people just listening to the the audio version you might want to uh, jump across and have a look at this because i'm using some slides to to um use as uh prompters if you like so you know what to do next you can forget about what you need to do next if you've got a visual aid and just learn the the choreography that is prompted by each of these parts of the visual aid so that's the first part of our story the second part we you know built putting together a business there's no real handbook to put together a building business so we we, we kind of just did what everybody else did we built a business with what we saw out there and, and ran it the way other builders ran their business. Second part of the story. Third part of the story. After a little while, it didn't turn out as we imagined. You know, there were some errors made. There, were some, there was some friction. You know, there was um, some, some not, not so happy customers about some of the stuff we did. A lot of it was out of our control. But the bottom line, it didn't turn out the way that we wanted fourth part of the story is we learned from that and we figured it was because we were running our business the same as every other builder um, that was the root cause of why we weren't able to deliver this you know outstanding experience for our, our clients so what we've done what we've learned through that is we've created a, a unique step-by-step -step process that's completely focused on and committed to the quality of the experience of our clients um, it's so important to us that we never ever veer away from it we follow it every time because if we don't follow it and every time we have stepped away from it it 
it uh, has broken down and, and we haven't been able to deliver the best possible quality of experience for our customers. So that's why you tell the story. So at the end of it, you can say, we have a process. It's focused on you, the customer, and uh, we never, ever veer away from it. We never, ever step away from this process. The feedback we get is that that, that creates a lot of confidence in the, the, the prospect, the, the pr- prospective client. The next step of the process is to explain that this isn't uh, just a, a, a financial transaction for us. You know, it's not about you just paying us and us doing, you know, giving you time, for instance. How we work is we work as a team. Our, our company and you, the, the client, we work together as a team. And uh, in fact, we even have a, a thing that we call our success policy. Now, that's not in the visual aid here, but it is in my uh, paper version of the visual aid. And this gives you an opportunity to bring out this little bit of paper here. Um, and it's simply called our success insurance policy. And if you can see it on the, on the screen, you obviously it's probably a little bit too fine to see what it says, but you can see that one column has a lot of stuff on it and the second column doesn't have much at all. And what this success policy is, is it's a memorandum of understanding, if you like, of what the client should expect of us, the builder, and what the builder expects from the client. Now, the, the column on this side here with lots on it is what the client should expect from the customer. And there are things on it like we must work with you to understand the primary purpose of the project. So there's a whole list of we musts. We must ensure you know well ahead of time what um, is needed from you and when so there is no um, avoidable or unavoidable delays. So there's a whole bunch of things that really get clear, but it's really focused on the customer feeling like you've got their back. That's what those expectations are. And then because you've read out a whole bunch of things that they should expect from you, isn't it fair enough that the builder should have some expectations? Justin's joined us as well and Lee. Good evening. it's fair and reasonable for the builder to have some expectations of the customer. So you'll go through them as well. So this is all about working as a team. And so they're the things you must expect from us, Mr. and Mrs. Prospect. What we expect from you are these. And it's just a few, as as you can see, a small number. Uh, You must be quick to respond to requests for decisions and clarification. Uh, you must keep the lines of communication open to prevent frustrations, misunderstandings or confusion from causing avoidable issues. You must pay any and all payments in full and on time. And you must complain if we ever upset you. This gives us the opportunity to apologise and make things right. So it's not a big list, but it gives you the opportunity to start to talk about expectations. Okay. Um, and the the bias in that conversation is very much on what they should expect from you. So it's a really powerful uh, and valuable little document. Stevie G has just joined as well. 
The next step is called the next steps. And so what we're doing at this part of the meeting is saying through this meeting and beyond, I want you to understand what the the steps are that we're going to take, what the process is that we're going to go through, just so you're really clear on on, uh, what goes on. And you'll go through each of these steps and you'll say, the first thing we've got to figure out is is get really clear on what the purpose of this project is. You know, is it is it to build family mem- memories? Is it your forever home? You re- you know, you're going to retire and live in for the rest of your life. Is it a home that is focused on on uh, uh, having having um, you know great entertainment opportunities? You know, you love entertaining and having people over. Is that is that its main purpose? So we're going to talk about that. Um, as we've already talked about. Um, team you know together everybody achieves more and we've gone through the the success policy we're going to next talk about the must-haves so what are the non-negotiables in this project and then we're going to talk about and this may seem a bit strange but a dream list I want to talk to you about some things that you may have dreamt to have in this project but you've kind of put them aside because you feel that it can't be done or you can't afford it or, or something like that um, so we're going to talk about that and, and you'll find out why that's important as we go through it. We're also going to talk about budget and it's so essential that we have a complete honesty, transparency, you know, um, uh, openness about budgets. And there are generally two budgets and we'll talk about that when we get to it. The next thing we're going to talk about after budget is the timeline, the expectations of when you want to get started and completion and all that sort of stuff. So we can get into a bit of reality whether that sort of thing is even possible. Then I'm going to check in with you to make sure that uh, you feel I've fully understood all of your priorities and your concerns. I've answered all your questions um, and you feel comfortable that all of the, the tick boxes have been ticked uh, and and uh, we understand each other and, and we're feeling good at that stage because the next step at the end of this meeting, Mr. and Mrs. Prospect, uh, is the, the, uh, where you decide, yes or no, I'm happy with either, whether you invest in getting a proposal put together. So now this, if I just put a break in the, in the role play there, this part here is where you're putting on the table where you expect to be paid for your quotes. There is a a fee for putting together a proposal. And so when you get to that bit, you will say there is a fee for that proposal and that is the next step. You basically let me know, yes, I want to do that or, or no, I don't, before we go to the next step. And the reason we do that, you don't even leave a break in there and you go, the reason that we do that, and you, you then go through um, one, two or three of the reasons out of the six reasons I've put together in a little cheat sheet called the uh, Free Quotes Suck Explainer. If you haven't got one of those, Put it in the comment section. I will get you a copy of that. But you can use those scenarios and reasons to explain as to why there's a proposal fee and why getting involved in the old three free quotes scenario is just bad news for everybody. Now, it's taken me longer to explain this process than it would take to do it live. So we're probably at around about the you know, five to ten minute uh, area 
timeline in the meeting when we get to these next steps and now we're, we're already talking about a proposal fee. The reason you need to have that there, Andrea's just joined us as well, good evening, um, is, is because you don't want to leave it right to the end and go through all of this and then they go, oh, I'm not interested in paying for a proposal or for a quote. Uh, you want to get that out on the table very early in, in the conversation. So after you've given them the reason and after you've um, ensured, after they've ensured with you, after they've convinced you that they will not be paying for a proposal no way, no how, you don't continue on with the meeting. You go, that's fine. As I mentioned at the start with our story, um, we have a process that we follow. It's totally focused on the quality of our customer's experience. We never step away from that process, and that is a key element to our process. And to be quite um, transparent, every one of our clients, because the people only become clients if they follow this process, every one of our clients has given us fantastic feedback about um the fee for proposal and the proposal that they get because they've paid for it. It's far higher quality. It's far more accurate. Um, and so the feedback we get is terrific. But if it's not something that you're open to do, I guess we need to, you know, um, just shake hands part ways, wish you the best for the project and you get out of there. So what's happened now is you've, you've invested 10 minutes instead of an hour or 90 minutes or two hours only to get to the point where they're not prepared to do that. And for me, the qualification process is built of a series of behavioral hurdles. This is the highest one. This is where you're handing your, putting your hand out and asking them to trust you and invest in your process, your expertise, invest in your time and your intellectual property to get the best possible result for them. And if there is no trust at this stage when you've done the full qualification process, as I described last week, um, don't waste your time. Get out of there and move on. What that indicates is you have dodged a bullet. Don't think for a moment that this qualification process is meant to turn every single person into a quality prospect. It is meant to turn quality people into quality customers and non-quality people into distant memories. And they, they are removed from your process and you waste no more time with them. So this is a really important part of the whole um, choreography is following these steps and explaining all of that. Um, next slide is now once they've kind of agreed, yep, that's cool, you know, um, happy to do that as long as I'm comfortable and all my questions have been answered and I feel understood, great. Now we ask them about their expectations, um, what their priorities are and all of that sort of stuff. So you start to, to tap into their dream and, 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 you know, what they've been thinking about while they've been lying awake either excited or scared shitless <laughs> thinking about this process, start to dig into their expectations. Ask them about their concerns, okay? Say, voice your concerns. And you can see that if you've got a, a visual aid like I've got behind me here, and it doesn't have to be on a screen like this. In fact, Wayno's and Lizzie are, are on the call here, and, and they use this version, which is just a printed out paper version of this 
uh, and they just sort of flip it over like that and use post-it notes to make notes on it and all that sort of stuff. And it works an absolute treat. But the best thing about the visual aid is you don't have to remember what to say next. You go flip the page and it goes, now voice your concerns. That's what it says on here, you know. T- tell me what, what you've, you know, what's been keeping you up at night about this project. So we're starting to hear their, their concerns, their, their frustrations, their fears, that sort of thing. Then you'll have a conversation and ask them about what are the must-haves, you know, what are the must-haves and the needs? So what are the, the non-negotiables? And then you can start to talk about the wants. That is the, the wish list. And it's really important to start to get some things on the wish list for this very purpose. Because when we get to the next slide, which is the budget, and as you can see on the visual aid, it says budget. And then underneath it, it says there are usually two. So that prompts you to say we need to talk about the budget. And in most cases, there are normally two budgets. The first budget is the budget that you would love to do this for. So it's kind of like what you expect to invest into this project. And then the second budget is the pockets are turned inside out. I've got no more money. I've even raided the kids' piggy bank. There is no more budget. You understand there is always more than one budget. If you've ever watched one show of, of Grand Designs, you know that there's more than one budget. I've only ever seen, I think in, in I don't know how many seasons I've watched, maybe 10 or more, uh, I, I can only ever remember one episode where it came in on time and on budget. It always goes over budget, and sometimes it's like three times the budget. It's just craziness. So we've got to talk about that, and you can talk about what I just talked about then because people watch Grand Designs. If, they've been, if they're thinking of building a home, they will have seen episodes of that, and you can say you know what to expect, you know, and that's another reason why we have this uh, fee for the proposal is because we need to get super accurate and figure out what's possible and what's not very early in the piece before you start to, you know, really get attachment to your dreams and then find out that you can't afford it. And then it, it sort of it ruins the experience a bit. So we need to talk about both of those budgets. The reason we need the second budget is a moment ago, Mr. and Mrs. Prospect, we, we talked about your dream list, some things that you could, like, would be awesome if you could have them, but you've put them out because you just don't think you can afford them. Now, in our experience, um, when we look at designs and how, 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 how things are put together and we really understand uh, um, what are non-negotiable but also what's on your dream list, from time to time, we've been able to figure out ways to make some of those dreams come through and have them in the, the, the project, but it might have just taken you over your initial budget and, and it's sort of somewhere between the initial budget and the end of the road budget. If we don't know that the end of the road budget exists, we won't even put that on the table for consideration. Would you like to be in a situation where if we can come up with some ways to make some of these dreams be integrated into the project, you would like us to put it on the table, wouldn't you? They say yes. That's why we need complete honesty and transparency with the budgets, the priorities, that sort of stuff. Does that make sense, Mr. and Mrs. Prospect? Yeah. 
Wayno says, what if they have nothing on the dream list? Great question. Have some things prepared as examples from either stuff that you've made up or previous uh, prospects have put on their dream list. You know, just it might be a wine cellar. It might be a wine cupboard. It might be a dumbwaiter. You know, you, you can come up with all sorts of just little ideas that you know that, um, you know, are possible without too much additional effort and, and money and get the, the juices started. It's a great thing to do. So that's why we have that, so we can introduce the reason for honesty and transparency with the budget. Then we start to talk about timeline expectations, starting, finishing, that sort of thing, uh, and then the next steps. Now, we don't have time to cover it tonight because we are out of time already, believe it or not. Um, in the Builder's Business Black Belt version, we've even got a script there that, that tells you what to say for these next steps. And fundamentally, and, and, and I'm paraphrasing here, but you'll ask, have you, you know, do, do you feel that, that I've answered all your questions? Wait for the yes. Do you feel that I understand uh, clearly your frustrations, your concerns, and your priorities? Yes. Third question, is there anything else that you think that we need to cover that I need to understand? No. So don't go on until you've got a yes, yes, no for each of those. And then the next step after that is, um, sorry, the next step after that is to say, okay, as I said at the start, to go to the next step, there is an investment. You let them know what the investment is to get their, um, their, their uh, proposal put together. And they say yes or no. Now, there's a couple of other slides in there. It says gather information and give them a checklist. You don't go to those steps until you have, in my view, received the funds to put the proposal together. I don't believe you should just take a yes, we're prepared to pay for a proposal. You make sure that you, you have received the, the credit card, the check, whatever it is, um, before you go on to the next step. That's the way I suggest you do it. How, you know, if you don't want to do it that way, that's entirely up to you. But I certainly wouldn't be going to the next step until I have seen the proof because people will say a lot of things, but then when it comes time to do it, they change their mind. So you've got to keep something secret if you like, create the curiosity and, and, and have them know that there is something extra special, which is the next step, but we don't get to get into that system and those steps of the process until we've overcome this or, or met this next step, which is investing in the paid proposal. So I hope that's been valuable. Like I've gone through it really, really quickly. Um, I, I, uh, I'm happy to answer any questions if you want to put questions in, if you're watching the replay or later on, and I'll get back to you via Builders Inner Circle. If you're listening to the audio version and you want to ask some questions, you can find me on Facebook and uh, private message me, or you can jump in Builders Inner Circle and ask them there. There are many ways to, to get answers to your questions, but I really, really want to help as many builders as I possibly can 
to start to use this sort of a process to eliminate this horrible, horrible, destructive, unnecessary, free quote tradition that seems to be in the building industry. It's, it's nothing but bad. There is nothing good about it whatsoever. It just creates pain for everybody involved. Nobody wins. It's a complete lose-lose setup. We've got to stamp it out. So um, if you want to help me do that, what I'd love you to do is reach out to, to other builders and even other sub-trades, owners of sub-trades, and say, hey, this place called Builders in a Circle exists. Come across join in the the conversations, check out all of the resources, ask all your questions, hang around with really cool people who who have been there, done that, and bought the T-shirt in the building industry. Um, ask your questions and get su- support. That's the one thing that I notice about Builders in a Circle members, at least um, there is, a, a, a I suppose, a nucleus uh, within the group like there are in most groups. I think we're 400 and something members now. Uh, and there is a small group in that 400 who really go the extra mile, reach out, help, support, answer people's questions um, and give them support. So I, I appreciate the people who do that. Um, and I just want it to get bigger and better and put more resources, resources in here and help more builders and more trades-based building, uh, trades-based business owners get rid of the ugly bits out of their business because it, it's far more reaching than just having a good business. You know, when you've got stress, whether it's it's time stress, my workload's too big, financial stress, dealing with problem clients, dealing with problem team members, all of those sorts of things, you don't – people don't – I don't care what you say, you don't switch off when you go home into your personal life, into your social life, into your family life. You take it with you. Um, and it affects everything. And I want to do my very best through resources like Builders in a Circle and this show, um, Builders Problem Solved, to, to effect that in, in some sort of meaningful way so people can get, ready, get rid of as much ugliness out of running their business as possible and really enjoy and appreciate the opportunity you've got because you're running your own business and your own boss. Jake has just joined us. We're just about to say goodbye, but the uh, replay will be on uh, as soon as I get out of here. So I think Jake's just come out of Kung Fu because he was just going in when I spoke to him uh, last. Now I've got the... uh I've got the label Mickey Bags now, like Hugh Bags. Guess who said that? It's Wayno Richmond Tigers. Thank you, Wayno. So thanks, guys, for being with us live. I hope this has been helpful. As I said, if you've got any questions, uh, you want me to clarify something a little bit more, if you need a copy of the free quote Suck Explainer, just ask for it in the comments section. I will hook you up. That is it for this evening. We'll be back again next Wednesday evening for another Builder's Problem Solved. We'll be back to, I think, our normal uh, format with uh, me trying to answer as many um, questions as possible in 30 minutes. Having said that, we went 35 minutes tonight, but who cares? We're not paying for a satellite. That is it. Good evening. Uh, Bye for now, I think. Yes, bye for now.